friends. <laughs> Michael's supposed to come up with a word there. He did podcast. I did friends. Countrymen? No. Oh. Podcasts and friends were <laughs> correlative, but not directly related. Okay, Mr. English Degree. <laughs> Let's just stop can it I, right can there. I, can I set this episode up and say games? Ooh. Ooh. It's nice. Should we make the guest nice. do it? Or should we just introduce the guest? Ryan, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm... This is awkward. No, it's not. Uh, wait. I got nothing. Okay. That's... We'll fix it in post. Par for the course. No, we will not fix it in post. I unlikely <laughs> to happen. Unlikely. I've just started cutting out the curse words. I used to do fun bleeps, and I'm like, this is too much post work. <laughs> so now whatever you say when you curse doesn't make any sense. Suck on that. What is that bug? Was that a warning for me? Um, Only minor. There's a large bug in my office. Okay, moving on. Are you upset? Does that bug you? No, it doesn't. I, no. This podcast is canceled now. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Thanks for playing. Mm -hmm. I've seen larger bugs in the woods, which I have recently returned from. How was everyone's weekend? Are we all good? Are we ready to podcast? Let's do it. That yeah, was I'd be honest. All right. Yeah, I mean, you can be honest oh, if you... If we, I, I'm, I'm exhausted. We're here for you. You're exhausted from Pokemoning? No, no, from the other thing. From the other thing? What happened? <laughs> from, another, from another video game, but you can get to that later. Oh, oh, oh. oh. That's, a, that's some foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Hi, guys. Uh, I have a story for you. A little uh, minute at the beginning of this. We Were Gamers is the podcast you're listening to, and it's about getting older, friends. If you're going to injure yourself, I have a suggestion for you. Do it in your lower body. Okay. Okay. Gonna need some more. I thought your advice was gonna be don't, but that's Gen also generally speaking, it's unavoidable. Generally speaking, it's unavoidable. And you're gonna injure yourself requiring an MRI. Do it in your lower body so they don't stick you in the giant coffin that is an MRI machine. I had to do one of these today, and first of all, they stuck what they call a 22-gauge needle in my arm for Ooh. for quote-unquote contrast. And after they were done, I said, how much of that was in my arm? And they said, oh, about three inches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So then it feels like, you know, they injected a whole well, bunch of... Isn't, isn't 22-gauge small, though? 22 I don't remember... The higher number is smaller diameter or something, right? With gauge? Yeah, yeah, sure. But, like... 22 gauge in a needle felt like a dowel. I see. Right? Like, we're all going to question your pain threshold now. Pain <laughs> I've had a separated shoulder and multiple other shoulder injuries for months now. My pain threshold is just fine. This is about functionality. I want to be able to be completely functional. So the doctor, of course, said, well, then we should get an MRI and see what's wrong. Bad choice. Don't go in an MRI machine. But did they see what was wrong? I don't know. I'll find out on Wednesday. <laughs> I see. <laughs> it's like a little miniature, like literally like a little mini coffin. It was awful. I mean, how are they going to get those giant magnets around you otherwise? I get it. I get I get it. But don't go in there if you don't have to. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. It's a little claustrophobic. Oh, I'm I'm not the only one to have been in MRI, huh? You you are not. I had to close my eyes. I could not have them open. How long did you have to be in there? Twenty five minutes. Can you nap? Yeah, I mean, if you can get over the loud noises that the machine makes. Yeah, my are... understanding is it's very loud. Yeah, it's like. Having earplugs in while in a submarine with a fire alarm going off. Next to your yeah, head. That's bad. Sure. And not being able to move, right? Could be worse. You could not have earplugs. Could be worse. You're Ooh. right. 
All right. That was the getting older minute on We Were Gamers, the podcast. <laughs> podcast that tells you don't get MRIs <laughs> if you can avoid it. Don't get older. <laughs> and while you're at it, yeah, don't get old. Okay, hold on. We do not condone any elements of living that would not require you to get older. That was a facetious statement. Let's get on to games. We're not good at this part. Ah. <laughs> uh. Because that's the other part of this podcast, podcasting about uh, games. Michael, you've Sir. been playing a game I need to hear about, buddy. And uh, I've heard, I don't, I need to hear about it because I've heard a lot about it, but I need to hear more about it from someone that's played it. Come on, man. Give it up. So I've been playing, I actually dusted off an old copy of something that I never finished. I uh, went back and restarted a playthrough of. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics A2, yep. Grimoire of the Rift. Mm. It is an old DS game. Yes. So I have uh, I've dusted off my 3DS, made sure it's still kicking. Does the battery work without it plugged in? It does, actually. All right. Uh, Ryan, you may have played this game. I'm, I have not. I only played the uh, Game Boy Advance one. I didn't know there was even a sequel to that. Yeah, this on the Game Boy. Yes, because yeah. the the first one was Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, right? Right. Yeah. That's A. And, that and when this is, is A two. Well, I think there was no A in the first one. I think it was just Tactics Advance. Well, the, I know, the, the Advance was the A. Oh, I see. Yes, got you. Picking up what you put down and spelling so forth. is hard. Uh, was okay. So then, is this game or was the previous game the one with all the laws? This is the one. Uh, I think the first one might have had laws as well, but this one does have the the law system in place. Uh, it also takes place in Ivalis. Okay, explain uh, this. So, um, like many um, tactics games that you would have played, this drops your squad onto a grid right of varying sizes and shapes depending on the area you're in or the mission you're on you don't say um that. yeah <laughs> um and you have an objective defeat all the foes wow. you know examine all the pots yeah standard fare uh and then on <laughs> top of that they say that there is a law that you you don't have to uphold it, uh, but two things happen if you don't. Um, so they give you this law, which is a restriction on the fight itself. Um, so it's things like uh, humans can only perform basic attacks, or you can't knock an opposing unit backwards, or you can't apply buffs or debuffs. Hmm. Or in some extreme cases, this class is banned, or you can't use magic. Right, or no, you can't cause damage greater than 50. They get very silly by the end of the game. Yes. Uh, or at least if this is the game that I think it is, it does. Yeah, some of them some of them are, are kind of ridiculously restrictive, at which point you decide, you know what, I don't care about the law, I'm going to break it and kind of burn through this mission because I can. Wait, what? I am the law. Yeah, how do you I am the law of the game? Uh, you you basically just break the law that's been set. Uh, but two things happen when you do that. That's what or, I needed I to hear. I guess three things happen when you do that. One is that when you start every battle, you get to pick a clan bonus. So you can increase your power, you can increase your speed, you can increase your movement range. Uh, and you you can steadily get more of these bonuses and higher power of some of the ones you start with as the game progresses. Uh, so you lose that bonus when you break the law. You lose the ability to revive characters who have been KO'd. And you lose any bonus loot that you would get at the end of it for upholding the law throughout the fight. Mm -hmm. So it becomes a it becomes a balancing act, uh, right? If you're late in the game and you have a, a mission to get through that you are pretty overpowered for and you don't need any extra loot, you don't think one of your characters is going to die, but you can get the fight over faster 
by violating the law, then you can make that choice. And have you and been following the laws as as X amount of time into this game? Have you found it a detriment to try and like play um, into I this think, system? I think the the only law that I consistently don't try to uphold is the one um, against doing over a certain amount of damage because Which- it makes it makes things drag on. And especially in some cases, I bet there are spells or attacks where you just have a range and then you can't really control where you land in that range, right? Sure, yep. I feel like it's like the predecessor to kind of like uh, a mission objectives where you could like get bonuses. So I feel like, I don't know, is it this game or the previous game where then there's like land on the map and the laws would kind of move around the map also so you could kind of tell as you walked into a space what laws would be present there right that must have been the previous one because okay that definitely not this one okay this is a great improvement on that game then <laughs> because the problem with the previous one was these laws would be in place and you would have a way to negate them during the battle but by doing that you cause them to potentially spread to other spaces around oh and so breaking the law makes it harder to break the law in the future. And eventually, like, every space on the board has, you can't use magic or something like that. And then it's just like, I can, I have to break the law every single round. Did you find oh, that yeah. annoying in advance, Ryan? I, you guys are making me, like, have flashes to childhood and, like, I'm piecing together this game. <laughs> like, all I remember before was the snowball fight at the beginning, and now it's yes. all, like, expanding to me. I think all of that is the first game, right? It, yeah, yeah. The, snow, the snowball fight is the... I I never really played much of the first game, but I know enough to know that the snowball fight happens at the beginning of that one. I feel like I just ate a good bowl of ratatouille or something. It's all coming back. <laughs> good reference. <laughs> A-plus reference. I love that. Oh, awesome. So, Michael, uh, then uh, approximately how much time have you put into this here? Um, I have put into it somewhere between like 15 and 20 hours at this point. Okay. And then maybe a a hair more. And there are 300 total missions if you were to go through all of them. And I've done about 80. Okay. That seems like quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely a lot of a lot of content. Um, there's also uh, there's an auction house mini game um, where you can the 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 auction house kind of divvies up the different territories in the world around you, and you vie for control of those territories with the other clans. Uh, so the first round of auctions is you trying to to gain control of all the territories in certain areas. And then once you do that, the auction rolls over and you start bidding on uh, like better equipment. Bidding? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so it's like, it's like a, a live auction. So there are five <laughs> other clans and it's live rounds and you, you bid. Eh. Is it tedious? It sounds tedious. No, it's they're really fast. Okay. And the auction so the auction house only opens every two hundred days. So there's uh. a tw- there's a twenty day window where the auction house is open. Um if you plan it out just right, um I think you can make it to all of the auction houses um once you've accessed all of them in that twenty day span. Uh and then it closes and you don't have to think about it for two hundred days of game time. And is it like you move a step on the map and it's a day or something like that? Yeah, you move a step or you enter into a quest and it's a day. Okay, that seems pretty good. Is the story similar to the first one where you're a boy pulled into a magical world and the magical world is is Ivalis, Ivalis? Yes. Yeah, it's ex- it's exactly the same. Okay. This sounds pretty good. Yeah, um, the art style on this one uh, reminds me a lot more of... Uh, Secret of Mana. Okay. Uh, just, I like. So, yeah. Just in terms of the the bright colors oh, and then okay. the way that they um, have, the way that they've animated the sprites. It's a, like 
more detailed than your like PS1, your SNES era, maybe. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Does it make you feel less upset that you don't have a Switch? Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a big backlog on the DS that you could probably play it forever. There are oh, a yeah. lot of games. And but. the the fact that the 3DS is backwards compatible with all those DS cards makes it easy. Mm-hmm. Pop it in and go. I mean, if you even have a DSi or a DS, what is it, original, you could even have advanced access to. Yeah. Is anybody? I don't. Is that right? I don't remember if that's right. Uh, yep. wait, no. Well, that's that's the original DS. The 3DS only has the DS backward compatibility. So right. anything before yeah. 3DS, so DSi, DS Lite. They may have removed it on the last iteration of the regular DS, but the original fat th- DS and the like first update, I think, still have the slot on the bottom. All right. Cool. Sounds awesome. Tactics, etc. <laughs> Ryan, before I start with a real question, I think all guests on the podcast, you guys, should have to answer questions for our chicken wing subpod. Okay. I'm springing yes. this on you all now, but I've had this idea for a while. And it's the first podcast we've had since this discussion. So question one, is a boneless chicken wing a chicken wing, Ryan? Ooh. I'm probably going to get some hate here, but I think a boneless chicken wing is the only kind of chicken wing. Stride that was the, the end of asking <laughs> questions for our guests. <laughs> well, thank I mean, Ryan for his get, time, you get, audience. You get more meat and you don't have to do any of the work. Interesting. Okay. But you're not going to classify a traditional chicken wing as not a wing. Well, I wouldn't call it not a wing. They're both wings. Yeah, okay. You're just not. You're just saying you prefer... Yes. Okay. Are you a sauce guy or a rub guy? Sauce. Sauce. All right. Didn't you didn't you decide that it should be rub man? Rub man. Oh yeah. I we did. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> rub guy is not the right. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> yep. No, nope, we're not going to do that. It's a <laughs> That editor has so much work today. It's a healthy reminder not to say rub guy. <laughs> the editor is the editor is too busy doing research. Right on. Okay. Rub man or sauce aficionado. What's the sauce version of rub man? Sauce, sauce guy. guy. Okay. Yeah. Sauce guy is okay? Yeah. Yeah. Because sauce man probably sounds not good. We've answered yeah. this question already. We can move on. He said sauce. <laughs> Was there another, like, uh, let's see. Wing? Right. Oh. Oh. What are the parts of the wing? What do you name them? Because, like, you get a basket of wings, right? I don't get attached to them. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing too hard for that. It's cleverly (laughs) evasive. I like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's two different types in there. What do you call them? Isn't isn't it always just wings and thighs? Thighs. No, we're okay. talking. We're talking like buffalo, buffalo wings. I still think it's the same thing, right? Just smaller thighs. All right, that was the end of asking questions <laughs> for our wing subpod. Great segment. It's going to be the last time you guys wing it. No, nope. wait. Oh my god, he already knew the name of the subpod. Winging it, winging it. Oh, I do my research, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep. Clearly a true fan of this podcast. I'm I'm a thousand percent doing this again. It was worth it. <laughs> every, every guest from now on is getting winging it questions. I I feel like at this point, at some point, during, when everybody's in town for BlizzCon, we have to go out for wings now. I mean, it's happening. There's no question. It's possible. We can do this. We can actually do a wing subpod in person. <laughs> God. What? <laughs> what do we have to talk about? <laughs> We already answered all the questions. It's just going to be like 20 minutes of smacking noises and then saying whether they were good or not. I had to just like post this as ASMR or something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we got to branch out into different. Okay. All right. Back on track here. Find your niche. <laughs> I was going to talk about Dark Crystal Tactics 
but that's not out yet. Can you believe that? A licensed game delayed? A licensed game delayed a month past the other thing that it's licensed to? (laughs) (laughs) Who would have thought? So, we don't have that to talk about yet today. Uh, But we do have one more tactics game we have to talk about on this We Were Gamers, We Were Tactics Players podcast. (laughs) Ryan, how many hours did you put into Fire Emblem Three Houses? Not as many as I wanted to. I think I stopped after one playthrough in like 70 hours. One playthrough and 70 hours or one playthrough in 70 hours? One playthrough in 70 hours. And JJ, so it was how many? a 70 hour okay. game clock. How many hours on your playthrough, JJ? So I'm currently on a new game plus and I'm at like maybe 85 now. Okay. Okay. Uh, we should do not on the count of three because then people won't be able to hear. Uh, which houses did you pick? Guest Brian, I guess Black Eagle. JJ. Uh, I also did a full playthrough of Black Eagle, and oh. I'm now doing a playthrough of Golden Deer. Okay, so we're not going to have a huge variation in experiences here. But, you know, the more I play through the second time, I wonder how much variation there really is, other than the characters being oh different. Oh, no. Hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure the variation comes in the latter half of the game. Yeah, because the first half so far has been pretty similar, except that, you know, obviously I've been able to recruit people way faster and have a lot more paralogs and stuff to do because of it. All right, with 150 combined hours of this game, I would like you to tell me... After having tried and failed to play multiple Fire Emblem Tactics games past the 20-hour mark, why should I play this one? Well, but, like, why did you fail to play them, right? Did you lose interest, or did the game stop being interesting? What was your... Why did you fall off? You know, that's the real question. Yeah. Well, hmm. I guess before we, like, getting too deep into it uh i fell off because the battles got tedious and boring and were disconnected from the story quite a bit right like you could you go into a battle and then you're playing through it and you're like oh i gotta like move dudes around for five rounds so that nobody dies and then this was a side quest battle there was no real reason to do it i don't you know Five, six hours of that. Sure. Every, every every time there's a little story beat. So I felt like, maybe Ryan, you you agree or disagree, I, I felt there was a lot less total filler battles, right? They're definitely, they're definitely there, and there are definitely battles you can do that, like, optionally opt into for, like, grinding purposes or whatever. But I, I feel like, at least on my first playthrough, I kind of avoided doing too many extra battles all the time i uh i had only ever played one fire emblem previously and it was ages ago like game boy advanced one i don't even know what it was called um and so that was kind of what andrew's talking about where it's you know strictly linear and there's like side battles and junk but that's all it was this experience is a hundred percent different where you have the monthly calendar and you can choose your activities every week and so if you want, you can do extra battles. If not, you can just get straight to the story stuff. And it's very, like, play what you want. So if you don't like doing extra battles, you never have to touch it outside of story. Yeah. It, and in, it's not like the levels are required. You know, like you don't need the experience from those extra battles. Because I played through on hard the first time. I heard from people on the internet that the game was kind of easy if you played on normal. And you'd played these games before, which I had. So I was like, I'll try uh, the non-permadeath mode. Uh, casual and then hard difficulty and that felt like a pretty good balance to me i didn't need to play levels for extra experience and as long as i was making sure i was progressing my students and myself towards some kind of goal rather than just like throwing points and stats willy-nilly i felt like i was doing all right there's, there's a lot of flexibility in what you do yeah, I, and you can you can do a lot of leveling too outside of battles. Yeah, so the the school setting kind of gives them the opportunity to allow you to level both your characters' uh, skills and your students' skills via 
I forget what they call them in the second half, but they're essentially like classroom sessions in the first half. And you go through, you know, it basically is like, oh, the students are going to attend a lecture by this professor and they're going to teach ma uh, black magic and sword skills. And if the people that will attend are listed here and they can they'll get a little boost to those skills or you know, they, this person is going to teach axes and authority and you learn about those things. Uh, and so it definitely gives ways to like get those because those things are really the things I mean, along with your statistics. But those things I felt like were the real meat of the stuff that took a long time to level and the stuff that you would be grinding in the other games. Whereas like, yeah, you didn't need that extra three points of strength or whatever. What you really wanted was to f level up that class. Hmm. Yeah, I, I honestly, not having played a Fire Emblem game in forever, I was expecting a lot more tactics battles, and I feel like I was doing much more time in the classroom, basically, teaching and doing the whole running around the monastery and exploring that stuff than the actual battles, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. No, I agree. I I thought it was a wonderful change of pace, and it is the thing that is keeping me still playing it on the New Game Plus, rather than the battle part, which you know has become at least a little bit repetitive since I'm doing some of these for the second time. Uh, and you're like, okay, I know the twist of what this battle is going to be. I'm whatever, button through this. Like, let's go finish all these f turns because I know what's going to happen. And what I want to do is get back to exploring the monastery and talking to the students so I can learn more about these uh, people that I didn't have access to in my first run. Now, which, which probably is the biggest selling point of the game is, like, I, I started off, you know, my playthrough, Bernie, get out of your room, you're stupid. <laughs> and then at the end of it, it's like, yeah, that's my girl. Let's go. Yeah, dude. Bernie for life, dude. Yes. Bernadetta is good. So interesting. You can turn around on characters like that versus those linear Fire Emblem games from before when you're kind of like, these are what I have. You spend a lot more time talking to and interacting with each student, like especially the ones from your house because they show up in cutscenes. But and you yeah, not just interacting with them, but them interacting with each other. And then on top of that, I think something that's so rare and just saying it, but one of the biggest things about the game that make it amazing is every single line is voice acted. Like even just talking to generic NPCs in the street, it's voice acted. So you don't have to do any work playing the game. You can just sit back and kind of take it in. Yeah, uh -huh. and it's there are a gaggle, a veritable gaggle of students in this game. Each house has, what, like six or something? I think it's eight. It's six that you can recruit, and then the lord and the like right-hand person to the lord who you can't recruit, maybe? That would be eight. Yeah, and so you, you, can get, you can get to know not just your students, but the students from the other houses, and it's just all of them you can get their backstories of. There's a lot. Now, and can then, you get their backstories completely, or do you have to play those houses to get to the... So, like, can you feel like on you... the student. Oh, okay. Right. So there are some students that will be willing to switch classes, like from their house to your house. If you meet certain requirements through either your statistics or your skills, or maybe you do certain in-game activities or whatever, you can get some people to switch sides. Uh, if you invite them out on missions a lot and build your support with them, you can get um, a bonus to them being more interested in coming to your team. And then once they're on your team, they're just like any other student in your house. You can take them on missions. You can you know play with them. You know, just like all the other people. The only difference being that uh, they generally won't show up in like the story cutscenes. It'll be limited to the people from your house. Or uh, originally from your house, right? Hmm. Now, can, you, I, oh, can you tell me without, I don't know, do we want to get into spoilers, Michael, since you and I haven't played it? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay. Spoiler warning. Here. The game has a a mid-game, I guess, switch in it, where a lot of people talk about this, like, oh, the beginning of the game's always the same, like you guys are saying. Is that where, does the school go away, per se, or is there something else that is kind of like the switch in the game here? They uh, they advertised it, like, openly, when, you know, E3 and all this stuff, but the, the middle point that's the big game-changer is that, you know, you're at this training facility for all these three big countries in the region, where they all come to train and become knights and stuff. And the halfway point is just everything goes wrong and we're at war. Right. And okay. so based on which house you chose and perhaps some other decisions that can play with that, uh, 
there is um yeah a big a big war breaks out and some time passes and now you are in a new situation and who is in control of the school and what happens there and where your characters are varies at that point hmm. and like the people that are even available to you at that point can change right based on what you've done or yeah so yes. when the essentially when the war breaks out right people will side with you know one side or the other side not completely but very likely mostly along house lines right so if you've already recruited in the school that's about it yeah, it's that that and there's the potential that you could have recruited someone and based on the decision you make in the war they would leave you because they right. don't align with that viewpoint oh wow yeah Okay. So, uh, a little bit of spoilery stuff here. There, this game, while being called Three Houses, actually has four different routes. There's a, uh, a sub faction, right? The the people that kind of like run the school or something like that. The church, yeah, yeah, right. And so there is a point in, uh, I I think it's only the Black Eagles that get the choice. Uh, but there is a point in the Black Eagle story where you can either choose to side with or against the church, and that kind of creates a fourth route. Um, I chose to side against the church. Ooh. I don't know. Did you also side? I did, I did the same thing, but I have my save file ready to go for that. <laughs> same. <laughs> but honestly, I think, uh, Ryan, you might actually be happier playing it over again from the beginning. Uh, because you can breeze through those first months very fast. Oh, interesting. Uh, you can, uh, the new, so stuff you get by using New Game Plus. Uh, when you complete the game, you save a file, right? You load that save file, it'll basically start over, and you get uh, this journal appears. The first week or two is like where they're tutorializing stuff or whatever. That's still pretty much the same. Uh, but once you get access to kind of the exploration of the monastery and everything, you uh, get this journal that basically pops up a menu and it gives you options to spend renown, which is a currency you kind of earned uh, during your first playthrough, but there wasn't really a ton to do with it. Uh, and you will notice from completing the game, you have a grip of renown sitting in your bank, like 10,000 plus. And you can spend relatively small amounts of renown, like 500 points, 400 points, to do things like unlock skill levels for your professor level. So you can start out with like professor level A from week two. Oh, so you just like have more activities to do from the get go and just max everyone so much faster. Exactly. You can sit there having dinner with every person in school or whatever, if that's what you want to do to build the support. You can also spend the renown to level your personal character's skills or any character you had in the last playthrough skills up to whatever level they had gotten. So if I had played uh, Black Eagles again, I could have taken my characters and gone, oh, she got up, this uh, this character got up to an A in axes. Let me just spend like a couple thousand renown here and put her axes at A from the get-go. Oh, nice. And that makes your characters insanely overpowered. <laughs> uh my main character at this point, I unlocked all the skills that they had from the previous playthrough and basically can't be killed. Like, I just walk forward into every enemy and they're just, and this is on hard again, and they're just like one shotting or two rounding every attack. It's not even a thing. They just die. Uh, do you, uh, do you keep your, um, I'm forgetting the word, the like additional units you equip? Uh, there are some things that you do keep. You definitely keep the battalions. Right, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah, like, the, your inventory of battalions are kept. There are some that are, like, uh, story-based ones. I don't know if you keep those. But you definitely have ones that you bought from the store. So if you bought some, like, really powerful ones at the end of the game that are available, they're there. Uh, and if you level your authority using your points... <laughs> yeah, okay, you can have, yeah. have some really overpowered characters. And because you can do this, uh, and you can do this with the students that are on your team as well, you can just have like if it lets you create like the most overpowered broken characters you want, right? You can be like, I want this person to have like A plus swords, A plus magic, A plus authority, A plus like you know, you, you can level every person's skill as high as you want if you're willing to spend all the time. Wow. 
yeah, it gets like, and it seems like there's no limit to the amount of new game plus stuff you can keep doing. So over and over and over, you can eventually just get to like every student has S class abilities in every statistic. And, you know, you're just rolling over the game at that point. I don't, I don't know that that, yeah, I don't know that that would be fun, but it's certainly someone is going to do that. You can do the like new super hard mode. Right. Yeah. Maybe you need it for the super hard mode. I'm not sure. Um, so that I have found that to be keeping my interest in the new playthrough and be like, okay, I am going to turn this magic focused character into like the world's most deadly swordsman (laughs) (laughs) because there's a class late in the game that you can unlock that uses both magic and swords. And it's like, oh, well, what if I level her magic all the way right from the get go? And then we just play sword combat every day in school. And you have all the knowledge from the get go of like what the classes are going to require. Yeah, because that is a big problem. I will say, the thing I like the least about this game is kind of how annoying some of the high-level classes' abilities uh, or the the requirements to get them are. And especially on your first playthrough, if you're not pointing at certain classes, maybe not from the get-go, but pretty soon, you are not going to be able to level the statistics high enough in order to get there without doing, I guess, a bunch of grinding, which yeah, I actually definitely did not do. Did, you and, did a lot of the grinding, Ryan? No, it's it well, well no, I just I about halfway through the first half I realized it wasn't telling you anything about the movement skills really, which a lot of the cooler classes like the sword knights and stuff and the um the dragon riders and things like that used. It didn't really push you towards any of that because there's no characters that naturally had them. So when I saw that it was a thing, I started picking a few characters and I'm like, "Okay, I'm just pumping you into just flying skill now." <laughs> yeah, and I it's a little different when you play the other houses because some of them have characters that make a little more sense. To, oh, like this person is going to be the flying person. Like they're kind of already going down that route when you start. But, you know, it, it's not like the game forces you to do that. If you're not paying attention, this person will never learn a high enough level of the flying skill in order to unlock some of those sweet classes. And like some of those flying classes are really overpowered. <laughs> Very strong. Uh, and but they don't have the was, wheel anymore, right? So how do they make classes stronger the, than other classes? The wheel, the wheel still exists. It's just not a, it's not a weapon type triangle. It's you have like flying units naturally take more damage to bow, and horse units take more damage to like swords. And that was not, that was there before. Yeah. Well, no, it was based on weapon type before, right? So, so it was, it, swords did more to axes or whatever. Yeah, there's no, like, axe beats sword, beats lance, beats axe. That's not... There's no rock, paper, scissors there. But if your person has is on a horse, they will naturally take more damage to spears or whatever it is. And flying units will naturally take more damage to bows. But you also, for most of the, the mounted classes, have an option to get off your mount uh, as an action. What? So, like... The, yeah, so like the horse riding guys can get off their horse and then you take like a huge penalty to movement, you so you move way slower after that, but it's it can be better than getting your guy one shot by the j- dude with a giant spear in front of you. Hmm. Or getting your flying unit shot down by the rank of archers that walked out of the fog that you couldn't see. <laughs> I'm not bitter about that. It didn't happen multiple times. <laughs> There's a particular mission with the fog that I really really hated and it they killed my flying unit. So you can't see you can't see the full board when you start. So uh mostly the game is good about letting you see everything. There are a few missions that take place in fog. Uh there's one, I think there's only one or two required missions and then there's like some side missions like uh, the paralogs which are the like story-based side missions uh that you can opt into playing if you have the right characters. And okay. there's one of those, and that one is the one that I really hated. <laughs> was that the, the turtle one? Yeah, you had to defend a certain person for a certain amount of time. It sucked. It was a bad yeah. mission. And then there's fog around you, and then, oh, look, a bunch of assassins came out of the fog on the left. Sorry, ha Yeah, and then you gotta sucked. replay the whole thing. No, so the other system that we haven't touched on is, uh, I forget, what is, do you, Ryan, do you remember the name? The time rewind thing. Divine Pulse. There we go. Uh, there, there's an in-game there's an in-game explanation for it, but 
effectively it has a certain limited number of uses per combat, and you use it and you can rewind time as far back as the beginning of the battle. Oh, that would be nice. So if you pursue a path, you think, okay, I'm going to like split my guys up and go this way and that way. And then, oh, actually what just happens is both of them completely die. I'm going to go everyone one direction. You can just rewind all the way to the beginning of the battle and do that. The only thing you can't do is like then at that point decide to bring different people. Uh, like the, you're locked into the people that you started the battle with. So if you want that, yeah, you guess you can reload. <laughs> Uh, but the game is pretty good about, you know, every every time before you get into a battle, it prompts you to save. Every time you get out of a battle, it prompts you to save. Every time, you know, there's a there's even an in-battle bookmark you can use that will let you uh, suspend your switch and come back in the middle of that battle. Uh, I didn't find that to be terribly useful because I found when I came back in the middle of a battle, I kind of had forgotten what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, you know, it's there, so you could suspend your switch or whatever uh, if you didn't have time to finish the battle. Uh, I have, I really, really have enjoyed this game, and I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, it was, I, it was, I was surprised how much fun I had with it. Um, and just, unfortunately, I had such a backlog of games I wanted to get to, i waiting for the next replay on it. Other yeah, than I, the new game plus mode, where it seems like, oh, hey, now I know which direction all these things going. It's like almost like a new playthrough idea of like I I could play this game better the next time. Did the houses add to your replay value, or would a, a new game plus of the same story be just as fine? Like I'm trying to see the value add for the three story lines versus what you talked about enjoying the most and trying another playthrough is. I I know what I'm doing. I can beef these people up to a certain direction that I like. So a lot of the main arc of the story is tied to the leader of the house that you pick. And depending on which route you end up going, right, uh, you will because those those leaders are not recruitable to the other houses. Right. So the the three people on the box you can see are uh, Claude the leader of the Golden Deer, Dimitri, the leader of the Blue Lions, and Edelgard, the leader of the Black Eagles. And so you will not get really that person's story when you play one of the other houses at all. Uh, and so big, then... Do you feel a big draw, either of you, on, like, I have to go back and play as a house? I would think I'd want to do the other ones just because you get such a... As the time you're playing and, like, teaching the students... You actually, it's surprising how well you get to know the characters. And it's something you like want to go see. Okay. These other people, like I said, Bernie was the perfect example. She just looked like a horrible character. And then you spend the time teaching her and getting to know her. And you're like, okay, my view completely changed. So there's like people that just, you know, superficially I look at at the other houses. And now I just want to see what their story is. And in some cases, I'm finding out a lot of them have interactions with the other people from the other houses that you would never see if you were never recruiting from the other characters. Uh, or at least a few of them do, right? Like, oh, it turns out these two characters were actually friends before they came here. So, like, they know each other and they have, you know, they have playful banter that way. Um, but also, I, I don't know if this was uh, your experience, Ryan. When the game ended, I felt like there were several questions that had been completely ignored um from my understanding and people i've talked to that have played the game also it's kind of you got to do other paths to get certain things addressed specifically yes. in in uh black eagle with the branch there so i'm very curious to see what if any of those questions are addressed in like the golden deer playthrough for instance or the blue lion playthrough because there are like major reasons that things ha or major events that happen in the story that are just kind of like, Oh, that happened. And everyone's like, yep, yep. And you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> For, this, this will be a little code between just us. So no one else knows. But the one thing that happens when, you know, like halfway through the first half that doesn't get addressed in the black Eagle only gets addressed in golden deer. Interesting. Like, they're the only ones that go, okay, let's resolve this that happened. I didn't feel left out until this moment. <laughs> See, no, but that's the kind of stuff. Like, you play, you don't get the whole story because all three factions are at war. All three of the houses are plotting and scheming during the run-up. And you aren't sure what's going on 
from the other sides because you have no vision into what that character's plan is. Unfortunately, if you want the full view of the game, you just have to spend 240 hours to get there, okay? Oh. Well, no, because you... Well, plus the second half yeah. of Black Eagle. Yeah. You gotta do so the... So call it, call it 300. 300. So, supposedly, the subtitle of this game in Japanese is some kind of, like, cultural idiom that is basically translatable to the four seasons rather than the three houses. I thought that was a cute translation on their part. Oh. Interesting. So it'll take uh, you a year to beat this game. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Well, I th- I thought the developers, when they get you know getting interviewed at E three and stuff, when they were joking, saying, you know, oh, it's about eighty hours per house. I thought that you know they were lunatics, and there's no way the game had that much content. And you can, and to be clear, you do not have to spend eighty hours, uh, but you might want to because running around the monastery and picking up lost items and figuring out who they belong to so that you can get the extra motivation points so your person can get 25 more points in their sword skill or whatever is way more fun than it should be. <laughs> Dude, I, I was sitting there with my fiance the entire time and it was like, okay, quick, answer this T question correctly. Find me the answer. Quick, go. Oh, dude, no. You just got to be you just got to be good, man. You got to know your your class. That's how you get those T questions, right? Oh. Uh, one of the things you can do in this game is you can invite your students to have tea with you. And it basically asks you timed response questions, a series of them, and you only get one shot. And it's like, pick one of these three options for your conversation topic. And if you pick right, they're happy. And if you pick wrong, they're sad. How, how timed are these? You get like 15 seconds. Yeah, it's like 15 or 20 seconds. And she was able to read all these in 15 seconds? Oh, you can find handy charts. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, you have a chart up <laughs> if you really want to min-max, but you, you super don't need to. And that's like the nice thing about this game, is if you want to min-max, it is there for you, and you can get S ranks in all of your character's skills and whatnot. And if you don't want to, it really is fine. You don't need it. And you don't need to get those like super advanced, like the highest level classes. Like You are fine getting through the game, just leveling up and picking whatever you think is cool and, and going for it. Uh... Because I did that, kind of, and I ended up beating the game just fine. Well, that, that's the flexibility. is From the very beginning, your, your students come in, they're like, these are the, the traits that I want to be taught in. And based on their experiences in battle, they can come to you and be like, you know what? I want to actually be an archer. And you can just look at them and you go, no, I know better than you. You're going to be a mage now. And just, this is what you're going to focus on. Are there any of those students that would, that benefit, like, uh, I guess a previous game would be what's his name daryl dornal daryl something from the last fire emblem with the guy sucks and then he becomes really good uh and there are in this instance uh, would there be a characters like i want to learn archery but you know if you looked into the charts of like the old final fantasy school of like actually that character is the best magic user there is a character who has a personal skill that is very similar to the one you're describing, who basically means his stats just become godlike if you level him up enough. Um, but the character sucks so much, and there are so many more interesting and fun characters to play with that you shouldn't bother. <laughs> oh, man. And And the other interesting thing is a lot of the characters, well, not a lot, but some of the characters can just be completely locked out from recruitment during your playthrough because of the house you picked or the choices you have made. Like, they'll just straight up be like, uh, you don't ever get, like, they never give you the option to pick, like, can I recruit this person? They just are like, they would never even consider it. I I don't know if you did this but from what i've heard is you know you get the option to be the male or female uh main character mm-hmm. and one of the characters in the uh uh the golden lions golden lions uh blue golden, lions blue lions or lions. golden deer one of the one of the one of the characters in the blue lions like a super ladies man character oh, and so yes. recruiting recruiting characters is this difficult thing from other houses it's very difficult to pull them over you have to have you know like raise their support with them which is hard to do because they're not in your house or have like the skills that they like super high. But this ladies man, if you're the female main character and you go to recruit him, he just instant joins. <laughs> I don't I know did how that I feel about my... that. 
I did that on my new game plus. It was totally worth it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, he oh, the, the no. character is uh, is absolutely played like a like confident playboy ladies man. Uh, but you know, there's more going on there than maybe you think if you find out all of his uh, support conversations. So interesting stuff, man. I really, really have enjoyed playing this game. Awesome. Okay, I think I'm sold enough to try it. I. I was afeard that it was kind of like their previous version of this where they sold two games. I don't remember what the name of that Fire Emblem was, where they sold two games. And it was the same war, but two paths, or two two sides of the war. Yeah, that, that was uh, Fire Emblem Birthright and Fire Emblem Conquest. And it was reviewed badly. Yeah. Not, not a big fan of that one. That was a 3DS one. Oof. I played those. I played that game, and I didn't like it. Okay. And then there was DLC that was released. That was the third secret route between the two that you had to pay for. Terrible. So to connect, yeah, that was what I remember was like to connect the actual two games. So the people that were like, "Oh, I have to know both sides of this thing," didn't matter unless you paid for the third route. And then it was like, "Oh, okay, they do connect." So yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That so, it's in one go. Yeah. It, honestly, th- this. You know, we talked about the running around the monastery and exploring and all that stuff. It is really so, the experience of playing it is so different from the other ones. At some point, I felt like I spent more time running around and talking to people and like exploring the the monastery and you know picking out which skills I want to level and fishing and all this junk that was not playing the tactics game than I, I did playing the tactics game. <laughs> I would literally get out of a battle. And then look at my support chart and be like, oh, I just ranked up or other characters ranked up with, you know, 10 different combinations. Yep. I guess I'm going to sit here for an hour and popcorn and just autoplay it all. And it was just it was a great experience. I'm going to sit here and listen to the characters talk to each other. And this is all the characterization. It's great. It it is really, really a cool evolution of this series, I think. Interesting that that doesn't wear thin the second time through. Uh, see, it doesn't because you don't recruit those same people. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> or, it's or you ha- stories, or you recruit them to your house and then you immediately ignore them, and so then they're never in battles and they don't get those conversations. Ouch. Hmm. Eh, you know, fair enough. Tactics gets the thumbs up. I like it. Fire emblem. All right, it's it's October. October is the time of. Halloween and fall. Speaking of, hold on. I have to derail this. Luigi's Mansion 3. Yeah. Is that is that out? Is some some Gooigi. Is Gooigi out? It's 31st. It comes out Halloween. Okay. Uh, okay, since you've already derailed us, I was going somewhere <laughs> else with this, but we could do this for two seconds. Pokemon Put Go. Put a dollar in the bag segue jar. Yeah, I know, right? We should cash that in before BlizzCon. We could pay for the chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> Where was that? Oh, Halloween is here, right? Pokemon Go is having a thing, Ryan? Oh, Pokemon Go always has things. But this thing seems impossible. I'm gonna... Oh, I should not open a Pokemon Go app during the podcast. Oh, did you know, did you see they did a they did a like a global update for it though, um, where they rebalance spawns based on data usage. I was just about to ask about. So that was my second question. Hold on, use 108 berries to catch Pokemon. First of all, 108 is is related to some mythology that I don't know well. Yeah, it's, it's the the it leads up to catching a Pokemon from Gen Four named Spirit Tomb. Okay. And his lore is that, like, he's comprised of, like, 108 souls or something like that. I see. Why do they think that that is completable during Halloween? No, it's, it doesn't have to be done during Halloween. I see. It'll stay with you, but you, know, you just gotta just bury everything. Okay, this was my main question to you that I was gonna ask offline, but is it me, or are there mo- more spawning all over the place? So it probably, you probably are responsible, largely, for a large part of that. How so? Because it's they rebalance spawn areas, so it's not just like random things. They base it off of data usage that people were using. So the more so you, you leave your Pokemon, app open, 
yeah, the, the, the more you use Pokemon at a location, the more likely there's going to be spawns there now. Interesting. Hmm. And did they also up the transfer candies, too? Uh, I think that's based on the Halloween event has, like, double candy for everything. Oh, okay. This game is not bad, you guys. I know you're rolling your eyes very hard over there. I mean, you know, is what it is. Whatever are you talking about, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to my segue. You bought a segue? I quit this podcast. <laughs> just done. It's not the right time of year for April Fools. And yet, people are playing a game on a Switch with a giant resistance band called Ring Fit. A trailer who we watched on this podcast and made Live. fun of. <laughs> Live. Because it is so bad. It's so... The trailer was bad. The, the trailer may was not be... The- the what acting. are you talking about? The Those aliens did a great job acting as humans. They they were, right? They must have been aliens. That explains a lot. You <laughs> know what? I just friends. thought they were animatronic and that they were just going to be in every Nintendo video from now on. It was the Disney uh, creature animation house <laughs> that finally gotten <laughs> close. The Jim Henson uh, prequel for Ring Fit. That was a Dark Crystal joke again. I was leading back to the earlier part of the podcast where I said that game should be out by now. Wonderful. Okay. But Ryan, why? Why? It's not April Fool's, Ryan. I, I, I don't know. It's just, you know, my uh, gamers club expires Tuesday. Uh, you know, still have that going from Best Buy. Get the 20% off. You know, why the hell not? Um. The first day I did it, I guess that was Friday night, I just had a nice Chinese food dinner. And I'm like, you know, let's play this game. Let's give it a go. <laughs> oh, no. uh, Mistakes my, my, have been made. The staircase in my house has a railing that I've never used. <laughs> and after playing two levels in this game, I was holding on for dear life trying to get downstairs to get more water. <laughs> I was going to say how... I was going to wonder why you were trying to go upstairs if you were in such pain. Yeah. <laughs> See, then yeah. he was trapped downstairs with the water. <laughs> See, that that moment is what they needed to put in the ad for right? the game. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's surprising how effective it is for how little time. Okay. It's effective as an exercise. Is it engaging as a game, Ring Fit? I So, the, the basic format of a level is you start at point A and you're like <laughs> Mario just- running to point B. I'm and picturing so, you squeezing that thing to go faster and I can't stop laughing. Okay, no, that, that's just ridiculous. You squeeze it to suck in coins, obviously, okay? You run to go faster. <laughs> and you run to go faster with the leg strap you put around your thigh. This is just common stuff. How, what Chinese food did you have before this? Oh, it was just a little local place by me. Oh, well, I was just curious, like, Kung Pao, orange chicken. Oh, it was a mix. I had some, like, salt and pepper chicken and some, you know, chow mein. <laughs> it was some nice some nice fatty stuff to get me going. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay, you were trying to lay out a level and I couldn't stop laughing. I'm sorry. No, it's I. It's very laughable. I get it. But so the, this fundamental format is you're, you're running to a destination, so you have to jog in place. But then it'll do ridiculous things like you're in a swamp or something. So you go through some, you know, thick, muddy water. So you got to, like, high step it to go through or else your character's not going to move. Ah. And so that's that's the general format is you're getting, like, you're running. But then they, halfway through, you encounter a battle like you would in an RPG. And in order to defeat the monsters, you have to do workout moves. Oh, so and like- they have to be of certain colors. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, you eventually get a thing where, like, your colors that match do more damage, but, like, so you start off and it's like, okay, you can do these squats, and it's, you gotta do 20 squats, and the game doesn't let you cheat, because it's got the sensor on your leg, so you gotta go all the way down, or else it's not gonna count, and that's the only way to damage the enemies. I mean, you gotta go all the way down. Get that squat, man. It's it's key to a core workout. Chinese yeah, squats. So you get like so it has, it has a combination of like, you know, workout moves, yoga poses, and other junk that you can choose between to battle in the random battles. And then you just go on to your running afterwards. Is this gonna be something you play for more than ten hours? I I mean, I don't know overall time. They 
you know, the, the number they throw out is they say if you're doing it 30 minutes a day, it'll take you three months or something to finish the story. A story. There's a story. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you, you get sucked into it or you're, you're in a world and you find a ring because, you know, obviously that's the ring you use. And it asks you for help, and you open it up, and you accidentally release the bodybuilding dragon. I heard about the bodybuilding dragon. <laughs> I just thought it was going to be a like a recurring Bowser thing. No, it's it's the bad guy is this random bodybuilding dragon. But you don't get to fight him every level. You, you level up, to beat him. and instead of getting levels, it tells you your gains, man. <laughs> My That's sweet really good, green actually. fit here, here are your attack and defense gains. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm making gains on Ring Fit tonight. It is ridiculous, and I love it. Oh man! Oh well, do you feel better? Do you feel exercised? Can you get down the stairs better? I can get down the stairs again, but I was I was sore for like two days after that first one. <laughs> but I kept pushing through. Oh my god! I don't know why this is so funny to me. No one else is laughing. Oh, oh no! I, it's I it's am. it's ridiculous. You can't. I'm politely not laughing into the microphone because Andrew's laugh is funnier, but it is very funny. <laughs> so, okay, no, it's settled then, right? So, post BlizzCon, BlizzCon day one, we wings. go get wings, and then, and then afterwards fit. I'll bring over Ring Fit and we can all take turns. We're going to get Wing Fit? Wing Fit. <laughs> Podcast is already named. Wing and Fit. Wait. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Everything could go wrong. I'm just going to move my carpet ahead of time. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. You know what? I'm glad that they made a thing that is fun. I a thousand percent am glad that and, this game exists. I'm not dogging it. There were plenty of fit items on the Wii and Wii U that were very popular and good. And they were good games. I'm not going to say they're bad. I'm sorry to cut well, you off. I spent money for a plastic ring, not some like ridiculous cardboard, okay? What is this? I know. I'm sorry to cut you off, JJ. I didn't mean to, but no, I no, wanted to put I out just, there that I'm not dogging the game. No, I just think that it is it is the the best evolution of the like Wii balance board thing where like the Wii balance board thing was just like, hey, do a balance board thing because you want to do a balance board thing. This is like, oh. hey, there's actually a game to play. After 30 minutes, man, trying to push this stupid little plastic ring together gets difficult. That's how resistance bands work, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's a question I actually physically have about the game that's a legitimate question. How does that band work? Because they said that you could increase or decrease the resistance on it. But I don't understand. It must have like a diff... Did it come with extra rings you can snap into it? How does that... No, I think, I think it just... Um, uh, bases it off like you do a, you know, a calibration test, uh -huh. and you put in you know some you know parameters for yourself like age, weight, and junk like that, and then what type of like difficulty level you want. And so based on that, the game wants you to do more effort in game to get the output on the ring. So you have to push harder to get the same result in game. Oh, oh that's like a really smart way to do that. Yeah, yeah. it is smart. Okay, yeah, because so of course the sensor would know how much it's yeah. being compressed or whatever. I was thinking right, yeah, way so, too hard about this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's all. So you have to just work harder in game and like hold it longer to get the same result. That's a way smarter idea than I had. This is why I don't make video games, I guess. <sighs> I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure this is a game that you know is going to be on store shelves for a while. It's not going to be flying off. So there'll be an inevitable inevitable price drop that I'm sure you can jump in on. I'm also betting that it's a huge Christmas seller. They might even package a Black Friday deal for it, would be my guess. Uh, it's, I mean, I, it's not I moving, guess yeah. it's going to be hard to not Black Friday uh, Pokemon, though. Well, they have their... They already announced Switch Lights for Pokemon, right? Yeah. So you'd guess that the new Switch... The new updated Switch gets at least one box, maybe two. You could have a Ring Fit box and a Pokemon box. The ring oh, fit boxes for for the you know grandparents to buy the kids and the and the I think you're thinking about it too much. I think I, okay. I think the retailers make that combo there. Oh, hey, here's okay. the ring fit game and the thing because we need mm -hmm. to move this thing off our shelf. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> but I don't you need know, another switch. But if ring fit were on sale, I might try it out based on my <laughs> BlizzCon based, experience. <laughs> based on yeah. Ryan's impression, it probably will be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Awesome. 
Ryan, thank you for coming out and talking about Fire Emblem today. I was seriously wondering, like, I tried out two Fire Emblem games. I didn't know if that series would be for me. And JJ had been talking it up a little bit, but without having somebody to bounce info off of, it was kind of, like, hard to get a, a beat on I, I would almost not even call it, from your past experience, a Fire Emblem game. Yeah, it's pretty different. Interesting. I appreciate you being here, buddy. Oh, no problem. And uh, if people have differing Fire Emblem opinions, should we even take them or not? No. You know uh, what? Just send in your ring fit impressions. That's what we really yeah, want. That That's what we need. <laughs> what and, we uh, really, one- really want is what you ate before ring fitting the first time at pod- podcasts at wewergamers.com. Where else can people go? They can uh, find us on the uh, on the Twitters, on Facebook, on Instagram, all at We Were Gamers. Hey, if you like Star Trek, we have that for you. Yeah, that, we do. That came out before this. You could mm-hmm. find an episode from last Friday about the last episodes of season one of Discovery that we watched. And so good. More in the future. We're gonna watch Short Treks next. The first season yes. ones. Right. Yeah. Gotta be careful not to watch the second season once. And if you're not into Discovery, there's older episodes of other Star Trek stuff, too. So, there's those things. And we have fun guests on, like Ryan. Yeah. Not on Star Trek, on this one. (laughs) Maybe we should do a Ryan Star Trek. You like Star Trek. It's just all gonna be me talking about Deep Space Nine. That's all it would be. That's Alright, well, when we do Deep Space Nine episodes, we will get you for sure then. Nice. (laughs) 